0: Hey y'all, welcome to Carving Stone Podcast, where our positive news articles come to life. I'm your host, Naisha Stone, and I'm also the founder of Carving Stone, your weekly source of positive news. Every Tuesday, we release a new episode interviewing different people around the world about positive things that they're doing in life. And today's episode is no different. Um, today, we have uh, Shade India on, who's a cinematographer and DP, and we'll get into what those titles mean very shortly. But hey, Shade, how you doing? Hey, happy to be here. Hey, so um, I have been following you on Instagram, I think for about a year or so. I'm not mm-hmm. for sure where I found you. um, But when I saw your work, I was just like, damn, like, this is amazing. Like, and it's a black woman. Okay. And so when I finally got the opportunity to reach out to you for an interview, um, I was very excited. So thank you um, uh, for being on here.
1: Yeah, so I'm so excited. Thank you for seeing me as me too. You know, like, I'm really big on like, Letting the work speak for itself, but I love when people also align with my own personal mission behind the scenes, you know, because that even makes it hit even
0: different, you know. Yeah, and I um before we even hopped on a call, I was looking at some of your actual like interviews, and your 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 personality just it just shines through. So I'm excited to to see what, you, what we talk about today. So for the people who don't <laughs> know, um, cinematographer and DP, can you in simpler terms explain what that means? I know what it means. I work with you know people in your role, but in the simple terms, what does that mean?
1: Mm-hmm. So for me, how I would best describe it is a cinematographer uh, collaborates with the director to create a visual language for a project. And usually that's through the implementation of like a lighting look or a lens look or a certain kind of camera look as well. And so what I kind of do when I hop on a narrative specifically is I'll read the script and instantly like... I'll immediately know like, oh, what lenses I want to shoot this on or like what colors I see and like what do these colors symbolize? And it's like really just making sure as a cinematographer that I'm grounding all of my technical decisions in like story and like create and like the creativity behind it as well. Because like some people are very, you know, overtly technically and they want a perfect image. And I think what makes what we do so exciting is that like we get to freak up the image, you know what I mean? Like twist it into our own and like make it uh, represent uh us in a way as well, you know.
0: So I would y'all gotta go check her out, by the way. We're gonna get to how y'all can look her up. But um I didn't know how important lighting or just really honestly having a cinematographer was uh, when I first started carving this song So about like a year in, shout out to my friend Eric McCambridge. I think he's the reason I know you uh I think he followed you on Instagram. But um oh, wow. this white this white cinematographer who's from Milwaukee now lives in California, he would um he shot my video interviews the first couple of years and he would take honestly a long time to do the lighting and back in my head i'm like this don't matter like why is he taking so long i'm here i have my questions but every time he killed it every single time and it made the people feel professional it made our videos look professional so can we dive into how did you get into this world so you started taking photos when you was in third grade i read that and so, <laughs> so, so how did you go from taking pictures to in um, third grade? to so now you're working with Issa, you're working with the Migos, like you, you're doing this cold stuff. So like, let's, let's take it back. And you know, how did, how did this all start? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: I mean, for me, like, I think how I. Initially started in, in photography itself was in a, in the purest way possible. Like my grandma got me my first Canon T3I when I was in third grade, and if you don't know, it's like that's like the a consumer grade camera. It's like kind of like one of the first cameras you get, and. A lot of what I learned about photography was just through play, you know, like shooting my family members, shooting my friends, making little documentaries with my friends, like running around town. And like that always kept me grounded. But I didn't necessarily know, like, you know, the technicality of it. Like I just knew like what looked cool, you know, like, oh, I like this light here or I like framing this person this way. But I didn't necessarily have like the technical tools to like take that next step. And so um, I ended up. taking the big move to L.A. to go to film school out here. Um, And it's like going to film school, you're like, you get this strong sense of excitement, like, oh, I'm going to finally be with my people, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm always like the weird art kid in the corner, like I'm going to finally be seen by my people. And for me, unfortunately, it wasn't like necessarily that experience where I came to film school out here and it was very much so a boys club and I didn't know that like I didn't know the whole culture of being a cinematographer was very white male dominated it was always just me and my friend shooting you know and so that was like a whole new chapter of my life that I had to learn and explore and um we would have like these things called set safety classes where they teach you like how to build a c-stand like how to work camera stuff like that and um for me it's like I'd be like peeking through shoulders like trying to get in trying to learn you know and I'd be scared to ask questions you know and for me I'm a i am I was a very inquisitive child very imaginative child like I want to know as much as I can to help myself feel like be better as an artist and for me I always felt like I wasn't in a safe space to ask those questions and so a big part of my journey was um starting a production company with some of my friends where literally it was like an internet thing where I tweeted like who wants to be a part of this production company with me? We're going to shoot photos and like videos in my living room, but um, I need like people in different departments and people like surprisingly really reached out. Like I found like models, I found makeup artists, I found a production designer all through the internet and they were just like down to work for free for (laughs) my like wacky ideas. And I was like, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that they're all doing these things professionally, you know? And so we all kind of came up together and like, uh, in my living room we would turn um my empty like <laughs> it was like 900 square foot apartment in Pasadena into like full-on sets and I would post my before and afters on the internet and they would kind of go viral and get a bit of traction and people would be like "Whoa, like how did you do this and I think like that kind of I don't know taught me the lesson of like you shouldn't let your resources limit your creativity in a sense because we were literally just like finessing things with like mixed materials that we did research of like what the professionals were doing and we're like oh how can we find like the low budget version of this like how can we go to Joann's and cop some things how can we go to the thrift store and cop some things you know and so like that was like a big part of my journey and then eventually like all that work I ended up shooting my friends got me um, signed by Gersh the Gersh agency and then my work kind of grew into a more professional sense after that and since then I've been like professionally working as a cinematographer for two years now
0: she dope she being humble by the way she's being very humble we gonna get into that though we're gonna get into that um uh, but the, the production company you're talking about is the red futon correct yes right here <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. i know so you gotta you gotta you gotta brand yourself you gotta brand you know that already you know that yeah there you go <laughs> yes but i'm glad that you found your space though because i did go to um a, a pwi in milwaukee and it was a whole bunch of white people as you know and most of us weren't black journalists. As you know, you are, you look on the news and it's a whole bunch of white people. So I totally 100% understand not feeling welcome, but luckily I had a professor who was like, I don't care. You got talent, let's do this. And so it was different, but I'm glad that you were able to use social media. And then, like you said, finesse your way. And that's not even a bad word. I think sometimes it has a bad connotation, but yeah, finesse what you have. I have a microphone right here that I got for $60 um, hooked up to my laptop. Like, there's a lot of ways you can finesse, um, things. So, since being in the industry, you know, as as a professional, how what's the difference about being a professional cinematographer than, kind of, you know, just starting off? Like, where were some differences that you experienced, and how did you like get through those? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I guess it's like this. There's this whole discourse on the
1: internet. People are talking about like the difference between a videographer and a cinematographer, right? And when I was a videographer that would be me primarily like showing up with my camera and just finessing and shooting what I saw and like finagling what I could, you know, but when you branch into the role of cinematographer, you have to be much more intentional with lighting, with the gear. There's much more research that goes into it. You're finally given like budgets to really like execute your creative ideas. And so, um, taking that professional leap was like, it's really like all of the dynamics that I learned as a videographer, but like on 10, you know, and you have to be on your P's and Q's and you have to do the research and um, you have to delegate to like the biggest part about being a cinematographer is you're in charge. Sometimes I'm in charge of like a hundred percent, a hundred people, like uh, body crew type thing and so like that's a lot of pressure so you have to really like be able to communicate your technical vision but also your creative vision and be able to like collaborate too to reach like a shared goal.
0: Shade how old are you? 23. Are you <laughs> I'm 26 so we, we close. No like, okay yeah yeah young people taking over young black women I love it so yeah. you you're a black Indian and Jewish correct? Yes so yeah, Caribbean and Caribbean I'm sorry I'm sorry I thought I had it okay (laughs) so and Caribbean um how because you've lived all across the world um and in the U.S. as well so how has your background your ethnicity um how do you use that or make sure that's involved in your work or do you make sure that's involved in the work that you do Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. um I think that kind of goes more towards like the kind of stories I'm interested in picking up so like For me, like I'm first generation American. My mom is from South Africa and my dad is from Belize. And so like my mom right now is going through the brink of getting immigration, uh, getting her visa to come to America. And it's been a journey that's been going on for 10 plus years. Not many people know this about me. And so like a big part of the stories I like to pick up are things that like, where I see my mother in, where I see myself in. And so like one of my most recent short films called Sonia Dora was about this young Caribbean woman who comes to America to pursue her dream of dance. And like, for me, that was literally my story in the sense that like, I grew up in Belize for a big part of my life and I ended up coming to America to pursue a better education and later find out that I wanted to be a cinematographer. And like, it's this weird middle ground where like your heart is still back home, but also like your mind is like moving forward, trying to create structure for yourself to create legacy for like the black family structure as well. And so like um, that influences like the kind of stories I want to tell. Sometimes like I'll reference like, I don't know, maybe like lighting scenarios back home, you know, like an auntie's porch (laughs) where they have like that one (laughs) flickering bulb on the porch type thing. Like sometimes I'll reference some of the technical from like just like mixed experiences that I've had back home. And that kind of helps it feel grounded too. You know, like a white man from America who's never been to the Caribbean might never even see that little like creative niche. And so like
0: that's kind of what has helped
1: my like background make me stand out as a cinematographer.
0: I think it's important what you just said. Like we'll never get representation unless we're the ones that's representing ourselves. So mm-hmm. like you said, they wouldn't think of that porch light flickering because maybe all their lights work. I don't know, but they don't be on any, like, weird, that's like a black thing. All like, we like to be on, <laughs> like on porches for one. Like that's where the party at. Like, you know, and so exactly. I think that's, I think that's very important. So how does it feel for you to not only be representing um, people that look like you, but also making a way uh, for other people, because you do work for the nonprofit can't find a name right now, but um a nonprofit. Yeah, yeah. Yes, the <laughs> uh, nonprofit. So, how does it feel for to be in that position where you're, 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 you own you on, but then you also put other women on as well? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: It's a big part of my process, honestly, because it's like, like I told you, like I went through so much to even get my hands on a camera, you know, and so like. I want to make sure that everything in my personal path is helping other women like get access to that faster and make it more accessible. Because it's like people think learning the technical tools is all that you need. But that's only the first step. You know, there's so much more to go. There's so much more to branch out as an image maker. And so like with Made in Her Image specifically, um, I met the organizer randomly when I was a baby and I was doing videography and I met her on a job. And she was like, oh, I want to start this like little nonprofit um, called Made in Her Image to like uplift black women. And I was like, say less, like, what do you need from me? Um, And since then, like uh, Made in Her Image has grown into like this full on movement. And the founder Malachi has really put in the work to like get us very important sponsors that like you would never think would support people like us, you know? And, like, people are really, like, eager to help and uplift, like, the upcoming and, like, next generation of filmmakers because they know, they see the work, and they know that it's different. And so, like, we're really just at the forefront of connecting those dots and getting people in the room and getting people access to those resources that could really, like, pivot their career, you know?
0: Fiona already, you're really dope, and you got some great things going on, and you have an even brighter future, so... (laughs) (laughs) um before we go into like the the cool people you work with in a project that you worked on um can we talk about the technicals so Mm -hmm. um i kind of know about like a little bit about cinematography i mean like the tiniest bit but like how do you so say you're shooting a music video Mm -hmm. um let's say amigos. I don't know because I know you have or whatever whatever it may be but let's say specifically as a music video how do you go about like where do you start like do you start with the lighting do you start with the image like how do you go about the process of making sure your vision comes to life Mm -hmm,
1: mm um for me personally I always start with like lighting and so like um I'm trying to find a good example uh oh like for example we just uh shot this project for Issa's camp um it's out now so I can talk about it but (laughs) it was (laughs) um uh Issa's production company did this collaboration uh with Walmart to like uplift like I think it was like 10 creators um into the world of filmmaking and so we shot a few courses over the span of like two three days um basically going into like the dynamics of like marketing yourself like how to work your camera xyz and a big part is like. I wanted to make like skin tones pop and like show the warmth in our skin to like kind of show that glow because it's like to hear these like industry insights from um, other Black people is like really really pivotal and so like I really wanted to make sure like our skin tones were shining but I also wanted it to feel like the organic look of like Insecure and you know how we would play how they would play with like that like color ambient wash or like how it would be really grounded in like practical sources in the room and so like we were shooting on stage and they had like um, a practical set and I had like a desk lamp and I was trying to mock the desk lamp but also cheat the warmth of the skin and so like with my key light i made it much more warmer and like softer in texture so that like we were like still in beauty lighting even though we were in this like professional like teaching scenario. Um so I think that kind of is like how I inform it like I always ground it in story like how is color gonna be perceived and how is it gonna affect other folks' perception of us or like especially with lenses too, like I'm very big on like leaning into like older vintage glass that has like the more softening texture (laughs) within the lens so that it makes us um, glow in a sense, because I feel like in the past, like, we've just been captured in really gritty, mundane, gloomy, lacking color perspectives. And I feel like a big part of my technical decisions are influenced by like, how can I make positive imagery of Black folks? And like, how is that being implemented through lighting? How is that being implemented through camera and stuff like that?
0: Positive news, y'all positive There you go, news. right? Full circle. <laughs> I love that because I never, um going back to the guy, Eric. So he, he's a white guy, but he grew up in Milwaukee, so black community. And I right. never once had to tell him who the person was. He would just look at the person in the media. So I'd be like, well, we have a video shoot and I need you here this day. And he'll always be able to change the light into the person's skin tone. And mm-hmm. I always thought that was so magical. Like I think that's I think that's amazing. So thank you for making that a part of like your work because, like you said, that's very important. You go watch some stuff, and a person may be dark skin or light skin. It's like, okay, why does she look white, and why does he look like you can't even see him? But they both their right. skin is very beautiful. And right. so, um, it, it's it's very important that you you're creating these positive like images. So thank you for that. I appreciate yeah. it. So <laughs> let's get into the people you work with. All right. So you freelance for BET. Uh, you've worked with Netflix. You, uh, you've been published on the LA Times. So what is what is one of your first experiences with like a top like celebrity or whatever? And how did you react? Because when I first met a celebrity, I was like, but now nah, I'm, I'm better. I'm better. But like, how did how how was that experience for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the first. Do you want like the first experience or do you want like the wildest experience? the wildest <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> loki the i think the coolest i think i could talk about this because not like i don't know there weren't really mds on this project or whatever, but i was up for this facebook job and it it was shooting miss tina Knowles, and it was at her house and <laughs> i loki was like geeky because like she literally gifted us with like the greatest woman on earth and you know like every every all these hive stands on the internet we all we all own beyonce she's such a big part of like I don't know, instilling confidence in young black women. And so like, I don't know, to be able to capture her was personally a really monumental moment for me. And it was about, it was this Facebook commercial um, documenting her uh, talking about like her family's lineage. And it was like shooting at her house and they couldn't even give us the address. Like we had to be driven to her house on some crazy shit. And then like, Uh, We couldn't even like park in her house type thing, which was super wild too. And so like, um, I don't know, it was just like this, I don't know, it was just kind of like chills in my spine type thing. Cause it was like, I, I was just really incredibly inspired by her, but also like her, the family structure that she's built as well. And so like she was very wholesome, very welcoming, like, she was, like, acting like she was, like, all of our aunties type thing, like, very, like, oh, we were all, like, kind of nervous to, like, be in her house, but she was, like, no, do your thing, like, whatever you need, X, Y, Z, and, like, her team was really nice, and, like, then I remember I really had to go to the bathroom, (laughs) And and then I was, like, Uh, because production wanted us to use the bathroom somewhere else but like I really really had to go it was like 15 minutes to go to the bathroom so I was like I can't drive 15 minutes to go to the bathroom like I need to go really badly and so I was like oh can I use your bathroom she's like yeah yeah no problem and I'm like sitting in the toilet I'm like wait has Beyonce sat on this toilet like what do I (laughs) what do I do about this but it was just like a funny experience because it's like I don't know it's like when you finally meet the people who are at the forefront of shifting the culture they're just like us and they're so welcoming and like I don't know, especially like I've just noticed a big difference in like shooting black celebrities versus white celebrities where like they're very welcoming. They're excited that like it's like black women behind the camera that like there's black women handling all the heavy gear like that actually makes them feel much more comfortable. Even when I did a job with um, Chloe and Hallie, we did like this um Hello it was like this intro for Glamour Magazine or something. It was like the war show they had or whatever. And they were just like so hyped to see like a Black woman DP because, and they literally said out front, like, I just want to say like, it's so cool to have like so many Black crew on set because like a lot of my camera folks too, my operators are Black as well. Um, I just want to say it's like so exciting to like actually have like Black women on set, like this is the first time. And like they've been shooting like their whole lives, you know what I mean? And so it's like, Um, being at the forefront of like kind of shifting that is really cool because I've heard that from so much talent so many crew members like oh you're the first black woman cinematographer I've ever worked with people be trying to like take pictures they're like hey can I take a picture (laughs) like I just want to show this to my niece I want to show this to my daughter you know and I think that is like I don't know what makes me the most emotional about the journey because it's like people are like seeing this as a normal thing you know and I want to make sure I I, for, for me personally like It's crazy to hear that, but it's also like I want to make sure that I'm not the only Black woman cinematographer they've ever worked with, you know. And so like with the work that I do and the people that I'm training and the people that I'm teaching as well, I want to make sure that like this is just a reoccurring thing that keeps growing.
0: I'm happy to have you because I've been in the media world. And like you say, it is Mel ran. And so I just coming from Milwaukee, like you don't see many Black women uh, cinematographers. You do see videographers or, or just somewhere in the field with video, but then they move. And so it's like, dang it, we need you here. So when I get a budget, we uh, we here because I don't know what we're going to do together. But I want a Black woman DP. Like, yes. you know? <laughs> it, only, it only makes sense. Like, so. Your your specialties are fine art photography and then community organizing. So what does fine art photography mean, and how are you able to mix that with community organizing? Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, fine art photography is more so, like, I've done a few uh, more so, like, passion projects that... Um, kind of tapped into like my own personal experiences and I feel like for me like as a cinematographer I work so much for other people but fine art photography is where it's like oh this is solely me you know like I have full creative control these are like dreams that I've had these are nightmares that I've had and so like um, I did this one piece it's on my website it's called a weary performance and it's about personally how I was feeling coming up in the industry where I felt like I had to really tap into sharing my traumas to be seen as a Black artist. And so like within the photograph, it's like this man, he's uh, performing on a stage. And then I kind of like tap, I was like kind of referencing like, you know, like the old coon characters where they had like the big lips and they had like the vibrant green and like red lips as well. And so, but we try to do it with like a modern twist because it shows like, oh, like, we think like the whole Kuhn prototype prototype has aged, but it's still pretty present, but it's just like much more subtle and shown in a much more subtle way. And so like, um, and then there's like at the bottom, there's like these white hands kind of like <laughs> peeking through at the bottom, just showing like how like, sometimes we could be pulled apart as black artists to a point where it feels like, Oh, this is straining us. This is straining our back. The guy in the photo, he's like kind of slouched. Like he feels tired. And I feel like, um, that was just kind of a representation of like sometimes how I could feel, you know, cause it's like, I do work with a lot of, um, black clients and black production companies, but I also work with a lot of white production companies. And that's like, what's conflicting is like, how do I find the balance? How do I maintain my sense of self throughout it all? And so like with my fine art stuff, um, That's like kind of what's going to be happening in this next year of my life where I'll be tapping more into my own personal um, stories and like sharing that through my own personal lens. And then in my community organizing work, that's more so like um, the work that I do with Made in Her Image and like a lot of the organizing work uh, and events that we do. And then even this past weekend, there was this workshop that we did in um, this was with a different kind of group of folks. But we did this workshop uh, up in uh, Glendale in LA uh, where it was a Black-owned studio. And then one of my DP friends, Dom, um, he was teaching a lighting class. And then um, another friend of mine in camera, and she was teaching like how to build a camera. And then like, Mm -hmm. we were just like a bunch of Black people in a room just like eager to learn about camera. And like, you could just, it was just like this powerful sense of community where like, you know, like everyone in this room are gonna do amazing things because they're here, you know, because they're meeting people, because they came like with an eagerness to learn. And it was just like wholesome too, because it's like, I was more so like a part of like doing the PR for the event and like getting people there. But then like, I, I was just like fly on the wall, just like trying to support the homies teaching. Cause usually I teach and it was just wholesome. Cause so many people came up to me like, afterwards saying like oh i've been following your work for so long and like you've impacted my work in xyz ways and like you really inspired me to like continue shooting cuz i never thought i would ever see like people like me doing what like you do and i was just like tearing up i was like yo like these complete strangers like feel so strongly about me and i've impacted their lives in ways that i had no idea and like sometimes i could like be going through my own personal insecurities where it's like oh like Maybe I should take a break or I'll just be really hard on myself. But like hearing feedback like that really makes me, I don't know, excited for the future and like keeps me like inspired to stay consistent because it's like my work is like impacting people in ways more than one, you know? And that's really dope.
0: Don't ever feel like you ain't doing enough. You're doing more than enough. I'm just gonna just for real. And a selfless plug. So you mentioned PR. It's so anybody listening. Carbonstone does provide public relations and communication services. Mm-hmm. Um, we do PR, marketing, branding, consulting, and then event activations. Hit us up, Carbonstone. You know, selfless plug. as you should. I love it. So, what has been one of your most recent favorite projects, and mm-hmm. why? Um, I'm trying to think like what i could talk about oh yeah because them ndas ain't nothing to play with yeah there's so much stuff <laughs> that i'm waiting to come out and then i'm like oh, who oh wait on? wait i got another question in so we don't have to uh you so you have oh, to be okay. too hard on it um so i know a lot of your work uh from what i've seen is a lot of music videos and stuff like that but you had some involvement in wakanda forever right yeah 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 so I can sh- you talk about that and how that oh, happened? yeah okay yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah talk yeah, about fun. that I want to hear about that yeah that's probably actually
1: one of my most favorite recent projects um so I got hit up to shoot some of the promos for the film and like what the promos entail are like it's like uh all the stuff that that you see across social media where they're like go watch the film it's in theaters now and then I shot a few interviews and like game segments and then just a bunch of just um like a master book of just like a bunch of press for the film. And um it's been showing like online, it's been showing on the internet, it's been showing on um like, it's been showing like in theaters, like before the film sometimes. And I, I just thought it was really cool because it's like, I don't know, the first Black Panther <laughs> affected me so much. And also the work of Ryan Coogler and Rachel Morrison was like a big reference point for me when I was, um in film school. And so like to be a part of their legacy. And of course, like the legacy of Chadwick was really beautiful too. And so like um for that I just got the call. I just got the call and they're like, yo, we want you to shoot this. And like they're like, oh it's just for a film um Black Panther. And I was like, <laughs> listen, <laughs> hold, up, hold up. Hold up. And at that point there was no set date um for when it was coming out when we shot it. So it was really cool just to be a part of the journey and like to hear about the film before it kind of like came out and We shot uh, a series of days in LA on stage. And basically, what we did is we built like uh, a large kind of gold set, uh, similar to like, you know, the gold pillars that they have in the film. Mm -hmm. And so, like, that was like our hero stage. And then I really wanted to like do the same thing I was talking about earlier, where it's like matching that gold texture with the skin tones of the talent. Mm -hmm. And so, like, because traditionally in these like press kind of interviews, they're very like muted tones, very formal, like, oh and then there's just like a light in front of them and <laughs> it, it just looks like a ring light you know it just looks yes. so flat, you know And so I really wanted to make sure that one I was honoring the look of the film the first film that they shot but also making sure that like there was this like gold uh, like blooming texture within the skin and so um within lighting that we had like a large book light and we were leaning into like heavier tungsten lighting which is like not really traditional for like I know jobs like this, they lean more into LED because it's quick and fast and cheap. But I really wanted to make sure that our key light was like warmer in color and texture. And then we had a book light off of like this gold checkered board. So it's like kind of like it's kind of like half of it is like this gold kind of material. So it's like Mm -hmm. a little bit more reflective. And that kind of makes like highlight areas pop. And so, um, and then on camera, I had this filtration called the dream effects and it was like very softening filtration on camera to kind of soften the image. So that mixed with like the harder, warmer light just made everything kind of be like, ah. And so um, <laughs> I'm super excited about the look of that. And then we, um, and then when it came out, uh, we did like a screening with Made in Her Image where uh, I interviewed, um um I interviewed like some of the people a part of Made in Her Image to kind of talk about what we do but then also we like it was like a free like hosted screening of the new film and then we shot showed some of the promos which was really cool and so like I don't know being able to like shoot the work but then also like give people access to like see the work as well was like a really cool cathartic experience because it like kind of mixed everything I was like kind of passionate about
0: somebody is going to hear this and they're going to be so inspired by your story so I really, <laughs> no I really appreciate you well I honestly just have one more question for you and it's how I end all my interviews so when people listen to this interview what do you want them to get from me mm. mm.
1: I think the biggest thing for me is like it's so important to always be a student you know especially in terms of cinematography like there's always so much to learn and there's so much I don't know so much to do to challenge yourself and I think for me like the biggest thing that's really affected my journey was my vulnerability and like my eagerness to learn and my excitement for the craft. And I feel like if you keep that student energy, even no matter if you're shooting XYZ, you're doing the biggest jobs, you got the biggest budgets, we should still always be trying to expand ourselves and our mindset and our community. And that's really what keeps us grounded through it all. Like, I feel like, it was clowning on me, I'm I'm very humble, but it's really real. Like humility really keeps you grounded through it all because it's like, Even some of the best working cinematographers, they have their off times, you know, where they're not working. And so, like, it's important that, like, you're always trying to expand yourself and expand your creativity and make yourself a vessel in a way. Because as a cinematographer, you're a vessel for the story. You're a vessel for your director, you know. You're a vessel for your eye. And so, like, it's just really important to have that mindset, like, tapping into cinematography. She
0: gonna stay humble, but she cold. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but, but no that was sade india and this is the carving stone podcast where our positive news articles come to life make sure to join us every tuesday for a new person talking about positive things in their life and for uh, more positive news visit com. yes thank you so much for having me in the end everything will be carved in stone